Thank you for listening to this teaching from Kingdom Discipleship. In Romans chapter 13, the Apostle Paul declared, quote, Everyone must submit himself to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. As Christians, unless we are commanded to do something sinful or unbiblical, it is our duty to be good and orderly citizens of whatever country we live in. It is not for us to bring disorder or chaos into our culture. Let's open our Bible now to Romans chapter 13 that we may gain an understanding of how we are to live and act with the government. Well, good morning and welcome to another teaching. It is a Wednesday morning here in Texas and it's just a good morning to be spending time with Jesus, spending time in his word, spending time just growing to know Jesus, growing to know his love, uh, growing to love him and obey him in, in every aspect of our lives. Again, uh, increasing devotion to Jesus in his kingdom is the meaning of life after we've become a Christian. So thank you, Lord Jesus. This is why we do what we do. Now, the primary tool we have for that is our Bible, is the word of God. Obviously, we have prayer. We have praise and worship and thanksgiving. Um, we have repentance. Um, we have fellowship. We have community. We have, we have all of these tools to help us grow to know and love Jesus and serve him and obey him better. But the primary tool we have is the eternal living word of God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Jesus himself is called the word of God, John 1, 1, right? In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. All right, we move now to Romans 13. Golly, it's just been a good study. It's been a blessing. Um, again, just studying and preparing for these lessons. <clears throat> and just, again, I've been studying the book of Romans for 25 years. And, uh, you know, there's just, there's so much here, there's no words, right? It seems impossible to cover it. Um, and so, you know, we're through 12 chapters. In chapter 12, the Apostle Paul, you know, explained to us clearly what a Christian sacrificial lifestyle should look like. And how we're to behave with our brothers and sisters in Christ, our Christian family, all those who are Christians around the world, how we're to, to serve them and love them, and, and how we're to behave with all people throughout the world. Um, tremendous, tremendous chapter on what the Christian life should look like for those who have received the mercy of God in Jesus Christ our Lord. And so now as we, as we move into chapter 13, Paul's going to deal with, with how Christians are to manage their lives in light of the government that they're under. And, and this is, this is a extremely important topic for the church today. Um, <clears throat> as disciples of Jesus Christ, Paul is going to, is going to, is going to teach us very clearly that it's, that it's not for us to be rebellious against the government that we're under unless the government is compelling us to do something that's against the word of God. Okay. Jesus wasn't a rebel. Okay. Jesus willingly gave himself 
and died under the Roman government. Paul wasn't a rebel, okay? <clears throat> Paul did not bring disorder. Now, Paul was going to continue to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. He was going to continue to magnify Jesus, and that's our job. If the government tells us not to preach Jesus, that's not something we obey. Again, we don't obey anything that's contrary to the word of God, but it's rare, extremely rare that the government is going to compel you to do something that's contrary to the word of God. The government may be themselves acting in a way that's contrary to the word of God, but it's rare they would compel you to do something that's wrong or sinful, okay? And we're going to see that in these verses. And again, it's important. Um, we're going to see some very important things about how we use our language. Um, uh, Paul expects us to show honor and respect to our political leaders, even when we don't disagree, even when we disagree with their policies, okay? You can, you can zealously disagree with the president's policies, okay? But you ought to still be respectful of who the president is, okay? Uh, uh, president Biden is the president of the United States, and we ought to respect him in that office, okay? It doesn't mean we agree with his policies, but there ought to be respect and honor for him in that office. Before him, President Trump was in office. You may not agree with with his policies or certainly his demeanor or his mannerisms. Um, but at the same time, you ought to honor him and respect him as the president of the United States, okay? Before him was President Obama. Same thing, okay? You may disagree with, with almost all of Obama's policies, but you ought to respect him as the leader of the United States, as the president of the United States, and you ought not speak disrespectfully against our political leaders. That's something the church has very, very badly failed in, okay? Um, yes, it is our job to stand up and to say, you know what, these particular government policies are not biblical. They're not in the word of God, okay? Abortion is not the will of God. Um, and we can say that as, you know, biblically, as Christians, it's not the will of God that we have an abortion, but you know we're not gonna, you know, we're not gonna, we're not gonna create a rebellion against the government of the United States. The church ought to come alongside and serve those single mothers. If you have a heart for abortion, if you have a passion for this, then it's not for you to create a rebellion. Go find one of the many millions of single mothers around or, or pregnant single women that are scared and don't know what to do and come alongside them and support them and say, I'll help you. Okay. I'll help you and I'll help you financially and you don't have to be scared. So this is what it means. And so this chapter, we're going to break it down and it's a, it's an extremely important uh, exhortation to us in the church today. So father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your mercy, your favor, your goodness, and your grace on our lives, Father. Father, we thank you that it's you that's instituted government to keep order, Lord, to keep and restrain the sin in the world, Father. And we ask you to forgive us, Lord, where we have spoken ill of our government. Forgive me, Father. Help us to be an example of Jesus in this and all that we do. Lord Jesus, we worship you. We thank you and praise you. Holy Spirit, we ask you to lead us and guide us now as we open your word. We ask you to give us eyes that see, ears that hear, and hearts that understand. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. 
Thank you, Lord Jesus. Mm. Wow. All right. My wife makes me this. Uh, golly, she blends all this fruits and vegetables and kale. She doesn't put any cream, any sugar in it. And it's just like either a massive vitamin C drink or just vegetables. What, what I'm saying is y'all have never tasted anything so bad as my wife's healthy drink. Okay. Just go grind up some celery, some lettuce, kale, spinach, and just, just, just grind it all up and try to drink it. And I'm, I have no doubt it's the best thing in the world for you. Right. But I mean, it's hard to choke down sometimes. But thank you, sweetheart. My wife May, um, she's she's always wanting us to to be more healthy. So, all right, Romans thirteen. We're going to try to do verses one to seven. Verse one: Everyone must submit himself to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Consequently, he who rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted, and those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. For rulers hold no terror for those who do right, but for those who do wrong. Do you want to be free from fear of the one in authority? Then do what is right, and he will commend you. For he is God's servant to do you good. But if you do wrong, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword for nothing. He is God's servant and agent of wrath to bring punishment on the wrongdoer. Therefore, it is necessary to submit to the authorities, not only because of possible punishment, but also because of conscience. This is also why you pay taxes, for the authorities are God's servants who give their full time to governing. Give everyone what you owe him. If you owe taxes, pay taxes. If revenue, then revenue. If respect, then respect. If honor, then honor. Wow, thank you, Lord Jesus. All right. Mm. All right. Good stuff. So again, Romans 13, 1 to 7, Scott. We have to read these verses, okay? This is the scripture. This is the living word of God telling us how we ought to behave. Now, remember in chapter 12, Paul just outlined what sacrificial living means, what it means to live for Christ, to put on Christ, to have the, the attitude and heart of Christ in dealing with our brothers and sisters with, in Christ and with the world as well, how we're to live as Christians and emulate Jesus in this world. And so this chapter, again, is going to deal almost exclusively with how we how we are to behave with the government, okay? So wherever you are around the world, obviously, if you're in the United States, how you live under the government in the United States. For those who listen to in, in Singapore, for how you live under the government of Singapore, okay? If you're in, if you're in London, for how you live under the government of the, of the UK, right? Y'all have all the same government, right, in the UK? Um, what are the what are the four countries, right? They're, they're England, Scotland, is it what, Ireland and Wales? Did I, did I get that right, I hope? Um, forgive me if I didn't. Um, but um, so again, wherever you are around the world, okay, you, you, it's, again, the government has been established. Verse one, everyone must submit himself or herself 
to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. What does this mean, May? That means government and governing authorities, okay, uh, was created. The idea of government and the establishment of government was created by Jesus, okay? And the governing authorities, okay? Now, why do they exist? What is the purpose? Why did God create government, Nathan? All right? Verse 2. Consequently, he who rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted, and those who do so will bring judgment on themselves, okay? So, God created government, okay? God the Father created government for the purpose of keeping order, okay? To keep and restrain sin, okay? Without government, there would be anarchy, okay? There would be no civilization. There would be anything. The countries the, the countries of the world would be completely just overrun and ruined, okay? We can see and have seen over the centuries, and we can see it today in 2023, what countries look like that don't have a sound government established to keep order and to keep the sinful desires of, of sinful humanity in check, okay? Right, Corinne? So again, government exists to, to keep order, okay? Consequently, he who rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted. When you, when you read in the book of Acts, okay, the only time that the apostles didn't follow the government, didn't submit to the government, okay, was when they were told to not preach Jesus. Then they said, it's, I believe it's around Acts 5, verse 26 and 27, somewhere around there, that, you know, judge for yourselves whether we should, you know, um, you know obey you rather than God, okay? Um, and so the government, you know, if the government tells us to do something that's sinful or contrary to the word of God, then, then, then yes, we wouldn't obey it. But other than that, it's our duty to be submissive to government. I'm going to I'm going to read that verse. I don't know if I got that right. Acts 5 I think it's around 26 and 27 when I was when I was studying. Um all right. Acts 5 Where are we here? Verse 25, Acts 5. Then someone came and said, "Look, the men you put in jail are standing in the temple courts." teaching the people. Verse 26, at that, the captain went with his, officers, with his officers and brought the apostles. They did not use force because they feared that the people would stone them. Having brought the apostles, they made them appear before the Sanhedrin to be questioned by the high priest. Verse 28, we gave you strict orders not to teach in this name, he said. Yet you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching and are determined to make us guilty of this man's blood. Verse 29, Peter and the other apostles replied, we must obey God rather than men. Okay, so the only time that it's okay to disobey the government is when the government is asking you to do something that's contrary to the word of God. You personally, okay, where they're, they're imposing on you, okay? The government doesn't force you to get an abortion. 
okay? Um, so when the government is imposing on you, okay, um, to act in a way contrary to the word of God, to act in a way that's sinful, then you would resist, okay? Other than that, we're not called to be rebels. Verse two, consequently, he who rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted, and those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. Now, there's a difference between being a rebel and standing up to the government. We are certainly called to stand up to the government and, and to use our voice to say that, 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 a, that a particular situation is wrong, it's immoral, it's not the will of God, it's not what Jesus, the Lord of heaven and earth, would have us to do, okay? Jesus Christ is Lord. He's the Lord of heaven. He's the Lord of earth. He's the boss of everything. He's not imposing his lordship right now. That time will come. If it was up to me, it would come before this teaching ended, okay? Um, but, you know, it is our job to use our voice, but not to be rebels, not to stir up disorder, okay? Not to bring disorder into society or anarchy into society or chaos into society. That's not what Jesus did. That's not what Paul, uh, you know, the apostle who wrote this letter did. And what's interesting is Paul was under tremendous persecution from Rome and ultimately history tells us would be beheaded at the hands of the emperor Nero. Right, Rap? All right. And so when we rebel, he who rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted. So again, God is the one who's created government and we should be, you know, we should be orderly as Christians. Okay. Not orderly in a way that's, that's going against the word of God, but orderly, orderly and not bringing chaos into, uh, you know, into the, into government, right? And those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. So again, when we when we are disobedient, first of all, we're judged by the government, right? When you commit a crime, when you bring chaos, when you do wrong, okay? You can't do wrong and be sinful and say, I'm doing it for God, okay? Now again, we're called to preach the gospel. So if you're persecuted for obeying the word of God, for sharing the gospel, well, then we, we suffer under that. But if you commit a crime, the first judgment that comes is from the government, okay? You, you know, you will get a ticket if you're speeding. Um, you'll get arrested if you do a crime that, that, that warrants that. And if you do a crime that, that warrants jail time, then you, then you go to jail. So the judgment comes first from the government, and then we come under discipline from our Heavenly Father. He judges us as well. I don't want judgment, okay? So again, there's, di there's a difference between having a voice a strong voice, and we should as Christians that say, you know, we need to be living in a Christ-centered and biblical way, and we should be electing godly Christ-centered leaders, okay? Um, but we're not called to be rebels, okay? Verse three, for rulers hold no terror for those who do right, but for those who do wrong. Do you want to be free from fear of the one in authority? Then do what is right, and he will commend you. So again, if, if, if you're in Texas today and, you know, you're obeying the law, you know, then you never, you're not given a hard time. No one bothers you in this country if you're obeying the law. Okay. I mean, it's, uh, again, what Paul says, for rulers hold no terror for those who do what is right, 
but for those who do wrong. Again, the government has been put in place by God to keep order. If you're orderly and you're doing what's right, and again, this doesn't mean you're passive, okay? Um, it doesn't mean you don't speak up for the truth of what the scriptures say. But if you do what is right, then you're not going to have any problems, okay? The law doesn't bother you in Texas when you do what is right. Matter of fact, you ought to be commended. You ought to be an instrument that are, that are encouraging others to obey the laws of the land, okay? This is what the scripture teaches, okay? Do you want to be free from fear of the one in the authority? Then do what is right and he will commend you. No one is afraid of the, of the government, the law, right? And those who uphold the law in the United States when you're doing what's right, right? It's only when you do what's wrong that we, we fear the government and the punishment that the government has been instituted by God to bring, right? Verse four, for he is God's servant to do you good. But if you do wrong, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword for nothing. He is God's servant, an agent of wrath to bring punishment on the wrongdoer. Wow. Okay, so again, again, Romans 13, verse four, Lauren, right? Um, the government, the one who has the position in government. It could be the police officer, okay? It could be the, the chief of police, right? It could be the governor of a particular state. It could be congressmen. It can be senators. It could be, it could be the president, right? Remember, all of these governing offices exist to keep order, okay? To keep us in, in, a, in, a, you know, in a legitimate civilization, okay? And it says, for he, the one who's acting in, in place, of the government, right? Whatever individual this is, this would be he or she, for he is God's servant. Now, he may not know or she may not know whoever has this particular office, again, whether it be a policeman, um, whether it be a chief of police, um, you know, whether it be a, a congressman, whether it be a mayor, um, whether it be a city councilman or, or woman, um, whether it be the president of the United States, whatever your position in government is, um, you are God's servant to do good to the people. Now, oftentimes, right, the, the, the people in these positions are, are don't act like God's servants. Oftentimes they abuse it. They abuse the position like, like people doing anything else. We live in a sinful world. But whether he or she knows it or not, they are God's servant. Now, they should be acting as God's servant. Judges ought to live in the fear of God when they make their judgments, okay? If you're a judge today, um, you know, anywhere in the world, right? And you are given the power and authority over people's lives to make judgments um, and, to, and to hand out punishment. I, man, the, the fear of God ought to be in you every single day. Nowhere do we have God's servants more than a judge all over the world. Okay. Um, and you are God's servant to do good to the people. So again, now as Christians, oftentimes we'll look and there'll be people in these positions who, who don't in any way act like God's servant. They wouldn't even claim to be God's servant, but whether they know it or not, they are God's servant to do you good. Verse four, but if you do wrong, be afraid for he does not bear the sword for nothing. This, this reference of bearing the sword is, is a, is a reference to decapitation. Okay. Um, you know, in uh, in Rome, right, you'd be executed by by being beheaded, 
okay? And the government does have power in different nations around the world, still in different states in the United States, to, to execute you for murder, right? Be afraid, for he does not bear the sword for nothing. Okay, so again, this means capital punishment. The government can take your life. And God has instituted this to keep order, okay? When you have a reckless person who's gone out and with and with just malice in their heart, man or woman, and viciously and bitterly taken a life, uh, that kind of thing can exist in society, okay? And so God has instituted that that be removed with capital punishment, right? And again, I'm not dealing with the politics here of capital punishment. This is simply saying God has instituted that to keep order in society. He is God's servant, verse 4, an agent of wrath to bring punishment on the wrongdoer. That's strong, right, Kristen? The, the person who has the authority in government, again, whether it be the judge, whether it be the officer, whether it be the governor, um, you know, whether it be the, you know, uh, the prison warden, wh whoever it is, okay, the congressman, the senator, he is God's servant. Again, whether he knows it or not, whether he acts it or not, he or she, and they certainly should know that they're serving Jesus, okay? that Jesus is Lord of heaven and earth. It says he's an agent of wrath to bring punishment on the wrongdoer again. So again, these people are there to restrain the massive sinful impulses that all humanity lives in. And it's obvious when you think about it, right, Alicia, that why we have and need government, okay? Verse five, therefore it is necessary to submit to the authorities. That's strong. We may not like it. Therefore, it is necessary to submit to the authorities. He's talking about governing authorities now, not only because of possible punishment, but also because of conscience. Now, that's an interesting verse, right? Because generally, I submit to the speed limit, truth be told, just because I don't want to be punished, right? I don't want to get that ticket. Truth be told, forgive me, Father. Um, but it also should be, Paul, Paul, again, look at the wisdom in this, y'all, right? Look at this, Lauren. Therefore, it is necessary to submit to the authorities, to the government, right? The government that's established, not only because of possible punishment, but also because of conscience, because you want to please Jesus. You want to live in a way that's pleasing to Jesus, and your conscience wants you to do it because you don't want to displease Jesus, right? You want to live in a way that honors him and sets an example for him. But I like that Paul understands that generally, right, Jesse, we don't do something, right? The, we, we keep ourselves from things because we don't want punishment. Uh, we're wise if we do it in the fear of God, Stephen, because we want to be punished by Jesus, but also we don't want to, you know, it's very practical, right? Therefore, it is necessary to submit to the authorities. Again, we are called to submit to the government, follow the rules of the government, unless it's something that's driving us to sin. And rarely does any government, right, force you to do wrong, okay? I'm not saying it doesn't ever happen, and when it does happen, you should resist. But, you know, in the governments around the world, rarely are they forcing you to do wrong. Again, if they tell you to deny Christ, to stop talking about Jesus, you can't do it. Okay. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Verse six, this is also why you pay taxes. Here's a hot button. For the authorities are God's servants who give their full time to governing. So now we have an IRS and in every country you pay taxes. Why? When you pay your taxes, 
right? You're helping support the government that God has instituted so the government can hire people to keep order in society, okay? This is why you pay taxes to, to keep order in society and to support the lives of those who give their full time to governing. And this is why you give to the kingdom of God, right? This is why you tithe, right? This is why you, you give your money to the advancement of the gospel, right? So just like you give your money, right, to the service of the gospel and the kingdom of God and those who are working in ministry to advance the cause of Christ, right? You give your money to, to support them because they're giving their full work to the to the work of the kingdom of God. This is also why you pay taxes for the authorities or God's servants who give their full time to governing. So again, we're called to pay taxes and, and to be honest in our taxes, right? Again, um, my wife and I do our taxes, you know, we have an accountant and, you know, we try to, we, you want to get every deduction you can. There's no reason, there's no reason to give the government more money but we do want to, to, to honestly do our taxes, right? And, and again, that's it's always not easy, right? Um, this is also why you pay taxes for the authorities or God's servants who give their full time to governing. Verse seven, give everyone what you owe him. Now, Paul's gonna wrap up this thought here. It's profound. Give everyone what you owe him. If you owe taxes, pay taxes, right? It's clear. It's a scriptural command. We are to pay taxes. Yes, oftentimes our tax dollars are used in horrendous ways, okay? But it doesn't mean we get to say, that's it. We're not doing it, okay? You pay your taxes. That's what the Lord has said, okay? You have no choice in that. Now, with your giving, right? When you're giving to the kingdom of God, you ought to be giving to churches and ministries that are that are truly doing the work of Christ, that are, that are preaching the word of God and that are consistently making disciples, okay? You have a choice in that one, okay? Give everyone what you owe them. If you owe taxes, pay taxes. If revenue, then revenue. Revenue is money, okay? Pay what you owe. If respect, then respect. If honor, then honor. And when it says respect here and honor, it is referring to the respect and honor of those who hold government positions. We ought to be respectful to our policemen. We ought to be respectful to the firemen. We ought to be respectful to those who hold political office. Doesn't mean you agree with them. You're not gonna call bad behavior good, but we do owe respect and honor, okay? So as Christians, when we're speaking poorly of the President of the United States, okay? When we're speaking disrespectfully or in an insulting manner, it's sinful and it's not the word of God. You could say, I disagree with the policies, but he's the president of the United States. He's the governor. She's the senator, whatever it is. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Father, for this teaching on, on, on how we are to live under the government, government that you have instituted. Father, I ask you to forgive us. Forgive me, Father, where I have often spoken in a, in a sinful way, Lord, where I have said things that I shouldn't say about governments instead of just simply saying, I disagree with that. And I ask you to convict us, Father, convict me that we would speak in a way that's more Christ-centered and Christ-like, Father. Forgive us where we've been rebels, Father. Help us, Father, to contribute to an orderly society by always doing what's right, but never compromising the word of God, Lord, never doing anything that's against the scriptures. Lord Jesus, we worship you and we thank you and we praise you today. Holy Spirit, we ask you to seal this message to our hearts now. 
In Jesus' name, amen and amen.